It was a season to remember on the Mesa. I'm John Schaefer for your view. Over the next 30 minutes, we'll look back at the most memorable moments from San Diego State's magical ride to the national championship game. A season of first for the Aztecs that culminated with a trip to the Final Four. There's a reason they call it madness. But some have a method to that madness. When the battle royale begins, rankings, reputations, identities all cast to the wind. And when only the strong survive, the San Diego State Aztecs made a run for the ages. Reliving the Madness is brought to you by OG Sports Brewhouse Pizza, where you can eat pizza, drink beer, and earn rewards. Welcome back to Reliving the Madness on Your View. I'm your host, John Schaefer. It is my pleasure to be joined by John Fanta from Fox Sports, who is a great voice and resource on college basketball. was also at the Final Four in Houston, where he saw San Diego State. And, John, we appreciate you taking some time for us today. How are you going to remember San Diego State's run this year all the way to the national championship game? A run that put San Diego State University on the map of college basketball's best. Best. Not just, oh, a good program, a winning program. Now the Aztecs are respected as one of the sports heavyweights, at least in my eyes. Because when you think about this program, John Schaefer, a win-loss record over the last four seasons of 108 and 23. When you win that many games, you deserve the nation's respect. But we both know that sometimes that respect doesn't get validated. In fact, most times that respect doesn't fully break through unless you do it during money time in March. The Aztecs silenced any critic that they may have had. There shouldn't have been any to begin with, but there were some. The Aztecs showed the world that this is a program that absolutely can win meaningful games in March and showed the world that if you only judge off March, you're doing it wrong Mm -hmm. because – It's so hard. It's so hard to win in March. San Diego State learned that both ways. They've seen the heartbreak this year. They saw jubilation. But in their jubilation on the other side, there's obviously a team that played well enough to win the game that's just falling short. Back-to-back one-point wins to advance to the national championship game. It was an incredible run for this program, this university. And what they have now shown everybody is that they belong at the big boy table. Not for one year, not for every other year. No. San Diego State, they aren't going anywhere. And it was a run that was rooted in toughness and experience with guys who bought in and said, you are going to have to earn everything that you get from us. That's what this team represented. They were tough as that word can be. Extremely well said. Uh, John, you know, you think about Brian Dutcher and the successes he's having in this new era of college basketball that includes name, image, and likeness and the transfer portal. What does it say about Brian Dutcher and his staff that they're having this level of success considering all the instability that's presented itself over the last three or four years? Well, it says that Brian Dutcher's got a great way about him, and that's the truth. He talked a lot about culture during the Final Four, and he didn't use it as a buzzword. 
he actually defined it in his life and in the program in saying culture is being at one place for 24 years. Brian Dutcher's never gotten tired of San Diego State, and certainly the Aztecs haven't gotten tired of him. Hmm. They're both they're both the best version of themselves with each other. And John, there's something to be said about it in 2023 college basketball, where a lot of these programs are going through coaching changes, where a coach might not be guaranteed next year. Heck, a player might not be guaranteed anywhere because that player doesn't, you know, he, he likes to come in today, leave tomorrow. Nothing's given. Nothing's guaranteed in college hoops right now. Over 20% of the Division I players have entered the portal. But what he has shown is, is that here at San Diego State, we're going to make you a really fundamentally sound player. We are going to make you a great defender. And if you buy into what we do, and this is why the Final Four, this is why the run to the national championship game is so important. If you buy into what we do, here's what can happen. Here's what can happen. And we'll take transfers. They took a couple that impacted their team positively. No question about that. But I think what he has shown is, is that he's got a great feel and awareness of what his program needs to do to compete at a high level. And it might not come with the five-star kid, you know, or the kid that Duke or Kentucky or Kansas is getting. But – Let's be honest. Uh, how has a Duke done in in recent years in terms of being able to be consistent? Like it's really hard to be consistent and get those kids and win the off season and all that. You've got to be able to have a great feel for for your job. And you know, I, I think back to like I, I was listening to somebody give career advice one time, and they said you've got to have a realization of where you're at on the ladder. I think Brian Dutcher understands where San Diego State is in the realm of college basketball and that he's not going to try to portray the program as something it's not because what it is is more than good enough. Really well said. Uh, John, you were there. Front row seat for Lamont Butler's buzzer beater against FAU in Houston. Where is that moment rank for you among the all-time great moments in the history of the NCAA tournament? Yeah, it's surely top 10, and it could be top five or six. Like, it's going to hover around there because there's there's so many different moments that we can talk about. But a Final Four buzzer beater, the first ever Final Four buzzer beater, in which the player who took and made the shot, his team was trailing before the shot was attempted. That's That's amazing to think about how many great finishes there have been. But a lot of them have been in a tie game job. So that ranks right up there. You you know what I love about the moment is that it started with a stop. I think there's something poetic about that. You know, they had to get a stop Mm -hmm. to get the basketball. They played clean defense. There's no way there was going to be a foul called. And that was great defense by the Aztecs. They won the game as a team. You know, they they said, look, Six-second difference. I got to tell you, John, for all the people out there who are like, yeah, six-second difference, you know, you play it out. There's a lot of coaches who who actually extend the game there. A lot. Like, in today's times, these coaches don't trust their kids to get a stop. They just don't. So they're, they're going to play. And, and I don't blame them. I don't blame them either. But they're, what they're going to do is they're going to say, you know what, we're down by one. What are the chances that the kid's going to make both free throws? You know, so many kids are missing free throws in those spots now. 
So I love the fact that they played it out. And then I, I just could not believe, like, watching Butler with the ball, it looked as though he was in big trouble. Like, because he wasn't getting the lane. He wasn't able to attack the rim. But the way he talks about the shot, he knew the whole time what was going to happen, or or at least what he was going to be able to do if he wasn't given the lane. And he wasn't given the lane, and you're sitting there saying, is, is this guy even going to get a shot off? Sure enough, he did, and it ranks as one of the all-timers. I mean, how is that not top five or six in NCAA Final Four history? It's in terms of buzzer beaters, it's second for me in the time. I've covered the final four. I've covered five of them. Now, I've covered college basketball very closely for the last 10 years. It immediately moves up to number two behind Chris Jenkins of Villanova. So if it's number two in the last 10, you got to think in the last 30 or 40 years when we think about defining moments, Lamont Butler's got to be in there, you know, in that top five. Yeah, it was an amazing moment. It'll be remembered, of course, in San Diego for forever. So, John, before you go, and, and you've talked about San Diego State's level of consistency and the type of player that they're looking to bring into the program, when you reach a national championship game, what do, what do you think the other side looks like for San Diego State, whether it's this upcoming season or just the next two, three, four years down the road? Well, it makes you so recognizable. A recruit's not going to have to look up what's going on with the program or what you've done lately. And it does so much from a resource standpoint. I, I don't know if everybody knows this, but but if if people do, here's a reminder. These NCAA tournament units that were just brought in by San Diego State that are going to be paid out to the Mountain West schools, you can bet your bottom dollar that San Diego State will get the highest percentage of those funds. So they're they're winning in the bank account. We're now in a world where NIL matters. You're telling me that they're not going to be able to get some more money off of this? Absolutely. Absolutely. Name, image, and likeness in college athletics is based on one thing. It's based on a family or a business wanting to get in the pool with the winners. With the winners. You're going to, if you haven't already, potentially have somebody who's interested in giving some NIL or assisting in NIL with San Diego State that previously wasn't thinking about it, that now is. That matters in college basketball now. Now, Brian Dutcher, what I love about Dutch is he's not going to change who he is. The 63-year-old, he just saw what his formula can do. He's not changing for anybody. Will he be able to be in the conversation with certain kids that they probably weren't beforehand? I, I think so, John. And I do think the amount of change happening out West with UCLA and USC saying we're done with the Pac-12, we're going to the Big Ten. There's some kids that are out West that are, that are going to be like, I don't want to play at Northwestern at Minnesota. Okay, I'll play out West. I'll play for San Diego State. You know what else this does? Like big picture. I'm not saying they're moving, but San Diego State will now be included. They'll be included in the conversation for other conferences who are looking to build. The Big 12's looking for ways to build. San Diego State just increased their appeal value. So they did everything and more with this run. It has unlimited mileage. The next couple of years, San Diego State's not going anywhere. I have them in my way too early top 15. The people who don't, are only doing that because their name is San Diego State. 
Look in the mirror. This program is not going anywhere. And they just found ways to grow. The great John Fanta from Fox Sports. Unbelievable resource for college basketball fans. John, we appreciate you doing it for us here in San Diego today. Thank you, John. All right, this is Reliving the Madness on your view. Reliving the Madness is brought to you by OG Sports Brewhouse Pizza, where you can eat pizza, drink beer, and earn rewards. Welcome back to Reliving the Madness. I'm your host, John Schaefer. It is my pleasure to be joined by Mark Ziegler. He covered the Aztecs beat for the Union Tribune, one of the top beat writers in the country covering college basketball, and is with us right now. On your view, and Mark, we appreciate your time. And, and I want to start, when you when you look back at this season, was there a moment, you were talking about this early, you said this team had a chance, if everything worked out well, to be one of the better teams in the history of the program. Was there a moment early in the season when you recognized that this might be a group that was capable of making a run? Yeah, you know, I, they started really well. And and I remember going up to the Stanford game. You know, nobody's in the arena. It's kind of a dead atmosphere. They're getting ready to go to, to Maui. They've been talking about Maui for, for months, for years. I mean, it's a big deal. And now you got this game in a, at a power conference school that's got some pretty talented players, and they just blew the doors off of them. And at that moment, I thought, you know, this team has something. They they, they could do some some damage here. And then you have the, the the normal ebbs and flows of a season where, you know, they they had a really good win in, in Maui against Ohio State. And then, you know, they didn't do so well against Arizona late in the game and then, you know, blew a game against Arkansas and then lost a game to a few weeks later to St. Mary's. And, and you know, that's, that was a little bit of a valley. But the valleys were never really that low with this team. And you just knew they were going to get better. And, but I think at that moment I thought, okay, that they, they, they've got something here that that could – really translate in March and it just took a while to get there and, and see it. You know, it's so funny that oftentimes when you talk about like an NCAA tournament draw, you talk about location, region, how advantageous is that? But of course the matchups are critical as well. So San Diego state, as you know, had to go across country to Orlando, then ultimately Louisville and Houston. You know, when you look back at the fact that they had to travel across the country, um, what is more impactful? Is it is it the matchup or is it the location? And obviously with what San Diego State did, it, it proved to be that the location wasn't as important as the draw they ultimately had and the, the run they went on. Yeah, I think, you know, coaches always want everything, right? They, they want the location and the matchup. But at the end of the day, they'll tell you the matchups are the most important thing. Uh, and, and and you hear that all the time. NCAA is about matchups, and it really was this year. I mean, they, they, the two teams they got in Orlando couldn't have been better. Um, you know, I thought – Charleston was a very good team. Obviously, they won 31 games. But just physically, I didn't think they matched up very well with the Aztecs. And that was going to always be probably the toughest game other than, you know, the game against UConn. That was probably their hardest game just because they were nervous. They hadn't won a game in a while. There's a lot of pressure to win a game. Uh, coach Brian Dutcher hadn't won a game in the tournament as a head coach. And, and, and there was just all that stuff there. And uh, they were fortunate they got a team like Charleston where they could have 11 turnovers in the first half and still feel like they were in the game. I think had it been a different matchup, that might have been a really, really tough game. And I think once they won that game, um, you know, and then they got Furman, which is another good matchup, and just it just kept rolling there. And, um, you know, not to say they couldn't have beat other teams, but it, it really, really helped them, even though they were across the country. Like you said, they were in a different time zone and there was a lot of adjustment to make there. In the end, the matchups proved more important. You've covered this program for a decade plus. You look at this senior class. I mean, some of these players weren't here for the entirety of it, like Matt Bradley, but you have Nathan Mensah, Wilker Rope, Adam Seiko. 
Um, you know, how will you remember this class and, and how replaceable if, you know, are, are these some irreplaceable parts moving forward for Brian Dutcher and his staff? Well, I remember this class as, as uh, being just an incredible group of guys. I mean, you usually in a basketball team, you know, they're all, they're all college students. They're all, you know, pretty good guys, but they're, you know, every now and then you'll have, I don't want to say a bad seed, but you'll have a guy who's a little bit of a, uh, a character issue sometimes. And, um, and that's normal on a college basketball team. I mean, you're, you're, you're recruiting talent first. And, um, but this was a group that had none of those problems. I mean, and, and, and that, you know, comes from the seniors that set the tone. And that's what I'll remember most for is just having this pretty smooth sailing team where you didn't have any really behind the scenes issues. And that speaks to a guy like, uh, you know, AG and, and the leadership he brought. Um, you know, I think some of their skill sets will be replaceable. Um, you know, they're very, very good players, but there's also a lot of good players out there. What's going to be the question is whether their leadership, their poise, um, you know, their drive, their work ethic, uh, their team ethic, um, all those kind of intangibles, whether you can replace those. And and it's not just replacing those, it's replacing those with a guy who's been in the program like Adam Seiko for six years and understands the program and can trans- transmit and translate that to new players. And so they're not going to have that sort of safety net of, well, we've got, you know, six guys who've been here forever. Um, they're going to lose all those guys. And so there's a little bit of a, a working without a net and establishing your culture now. And so we'll see how it goes. Uh, but I think that's probably what concerns the coaches the most. Mark, what, what would it take? I mean, to get San Diego State back, we know it's a special year to get to a Final Four. But when you look at all the, the headwinds in college basketball, the role that name, image and likeness plays, um, the role that conference affiliation could play, um, you know, retaining a staff, retaining the players on your current roster. What's it going to take not to put San Diego State back in a Final Four in a year, but to keep this program in a position where they can vie to make deep runs in the tournament for the next three, four, five plus years? Well, I think they've already done that. And I think the, the whole key to the, the NCAA tournament is not creating a super team. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of, I think, fans have that um, misunderstanding about how the tournament works. Like we talked about earlier, it's about, it's about matchups and you don't know what those matchups are going to be. And so the only way that you can kind of game the system is to just keep getting there with good teams, not necessarily great teams, but very good teams, and then see how the matchups play out. See if you hit those last second shots. See if you, 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 uh, you know, you can match up well with a team where you can withstand a, a, you know, five, 10 minutes where you're not playing great basketball and still win a game. Uh, Those things you can't plan for. So the only thing you can do and the only thing you can control is just keep getting back in the tournament and keep giving yourself chances. And this is what this program has done. I mean, if you look at it, it was 11, 10 of the last 13 years, it would be 11 to 14 if they had, I uh, didn't have the, the pandemic year in 2020 when it was canceled. Um, they keep going to the tournament. They didn't always win, but they kept knocking on the door. And so I think they're already positioned to do that. And I think that's what fans have to understand is some years you're going to, you're going to hit the lottery and some years you're not, but um, you know, eventually they will get back if they keep getting to the tournament. I think that the issue is if you all of a sudden have gaps of three or four or five years and you look at a program like UNLV, they've gone a long time now. They've gone a decade without being in the tournament. Now that's a different issue. You know Um, you get to the tournament and it's like, you're, you're trying to hit a home run. Where you know, saying he could just keep hitting singles, he doubles, and and eventually they'll they'll hit that home run. Mark, uh, we've really enjoyed your coverage. You've an amazing job in the Union Tribune this year, along for the ride from day one until it was capped off in that national championship game in Houston against the University of Connecticut. Appreciate you doing it today. Thanks so much. Yeah, my pleasure. 
Again, Mark Ziegler from the Union Tribune. You're watching Reliving the Madness right here on Your View. Reliving the Madness is brought to you by OG Sports Brewhouse Pizza, where you can eat pizza, drink beer, and earn rewards. The fans came out to Snapdragon Stadium in force to show the team their support for the deep run they made in this year's NCAA tournament. I had an opportunity to catch up with Keisha Johnson and a Gwuka Rope as they were enjoying the celebration. What a year it was. What are your expectations for tonight? This is pretty special, isn't it? Man, tonight is just, I just plan for it to be the movie. I just plan for all these fans to get like one-on-one and feel of us, our character, and for them to understand how thankful we are for them. So try to shake as many hands, sign as many autographs, take as many pictures with everybody so I can show my, my thankful thankfulness for everybody. Keyshawn, what an experience for you because you had a team that was maybe similar to the experience you just had, that 30-2 and two season, but then the pandemic and then all the ups and downs and then to get not just to a Final Four but to a national championship game. How will you remember your senior year at San Diego State? Man, it's not even just the senior year. It's starting from the jump with the 30-2 and two team. Um, my, my years here at San Diego State, this has just all been a long journey of just success. Like, every four years, I probably got one of the best records out in college right now. So. Um, to, to be able to say that is just a blessing. We got to get all glory up to God, you know, all these guys for being a part of this team. I can say I'm a part of the two of the best teams ever to walk the San Diego State campus and possibly even on the West Coast, you know, so I'm just thankful for that. All, just blessed. What was Houston like for you? The experience off the court, on the court, the FAU game and getting to a national championship game? I love Houston, man. It's just so much soul out there. So many good people. Everybody just welcoming us. The experience that NCAA put together for us, it was just crazy. It's like really a dream that I lived in and experienced all the love and all the things that came with the fame and the notoriety of just all your hard work and blessings. Brian Dutcher talked post-game about the brotherhood that your team has established. What type of bond do you and your teammates have that are going to last into the future? Ah, man, just uh, it's unbreakable, unbreakable bond. Like, words can't really explain how tight the bond is going to be. Like, we've been and we've been in arguments together. We've been through celebrations together. And that's what really makes relationships last for a lifetime. So I know each and every one of these guys is going to be at my wedding one day. So I, I'm thankful for that. Thankful for the ups and downs of, of everything. Thankful for the character of these guys, you know. We wouldn't, we would not be here without each other. Look a rope. How, how fun is this to be celebrated here in front of San Diegans tonight? I mean, it, it's awesome. You know, it's first time, so um, I'm loving the turnout so far, and uh, I'm excited to get in there. What was this experience like for you, returning for a fifth season, all the ups and downs of the adversity, and not just to get to the NCAA tournament, but to make the run that you made? Yeah, man, it, it's, it's all I could ask for. I mean... Yeah, like you mentioned, everything I've been through, to be able to make a deep run. You lost the first round the last couple of years, and so being able to make this run this year has been real special. It's more good than I could have asked for. Tell us about the experience in Houston, you know, getting to a Final Four, not just getting to a Final Four, but beating FAU, appearing in the national championship yeah, yeah. game. What, what will you take away that we'll remember for forever from that? I mean, it's it, it's what I dreamed of, you know, when I was a kid, and, you know, being able to, being able to be out there on the biggest stage of college basketball and, uh, yeah, and to see my family there in the first row, that was real special. That's probably my favorite uh, above all else. To have my family there be able to support me. Um, just everything we've been through and to be there in a, in a play and, a, and to perform, it was, yeah, it, it was a dream come true. What kind of memories have you created with your teammates that are going to last for a lifetime? I mean, it's, 
every, we all just get along so well. I mean, we all we all goof around. Uh, the memories, especially like in the hotel room, you know, we spent a lot of time on the road. You know, this past month was 20 out of 26 days. And so, yeah, so the memories I've made, it, they'll last a lifetime. It's just, most of them are just goofing around. Uh, we've had a lot of serious talks, but just, yeah, just, just being in the hotel and, and just hanging out and uh, just really building that bond. And just, enjoying being around each other. How do you hope to soak this all in over the coming weeks and months, this spring and summer? What are some of your plans, uh, you know, in the, in the short term moving forward? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just hoping to be present, you know, not, not, not to look too far ahead or look behind, but just being here and now and just enjoy all of my, all the fans here, all my teammates, my coaches, and all my friends and family that supported me. One of the great Aztecs, Aguacarope. AG, appreciate you taking the yeah, time. Of hey, it's my pleasure. What a fun trip down memory lane with the Aztecs, reliving the most memorable moments from a run to the national championship game in Houston. Until next time, I'm John Schaefer for your review.